Hello, faithful customers, and welcome to Mr. Bore Industries, the Remedy Get-Togethers, sponsored by Term Life Assurance. Term Life Assurance, an ingenious solution to the problem of finitude through the implosion of work-life balance. To find out more, visit mrboreindustries.com or electronically mail me, B.R. Nicholson, at mr.bore at gmail.com. I am your host, B.R. Nicholson, former assistant to and manager of Mr. Bohr and current interim CEO and brand champion of Mr. Bohr Industries following the death of Mr. Bohr. On the Remedy Get-Togethers, we invite guests from across the global marketplace to answer the question, what ails you? And to prescribe world-moving innovative remedies to address the inseparable personal and financial failings of our guests. We hope that by listening to this podcast, you will be able to avoid the humiliating and debilitating mistakes that have prevented our guests from attaining perpetual professional growth and ultimately unending life. As I know that those listening to this podcast are busy working professionals, let's get right into the trenches with our guest this week, Seth Vanek, headmaster of the therapy sessions in Chicago, Illinois. Here on the inaugural session of the Remedy Get-Togethers, I have a somewhat special guest with us. Uh, can you tell us your name? Uh, my name is Seth. What's your last name? Uh, Vanek. Uh, Vanek. That uh, Czech for greater glory. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know it's Czech and, and, and I've never heard that, but um, sounds accurate. Well, you have quite the name to live up to. I hope you can uh, show your greater glory in this conversation we're about to have. Uh, now, Seth Vanek, what is your occupation? I'm a talk show host. Talk show host. Uh, and a fake therapist. A fake a fake therapist. Yeah. You know, looking at your website, I was doing a little bit of research before we came on uh, the podcast today, and uh, it notes on your website, I'm a person who lives in Chicago and tries to do a lot of creative projects. This website is a way for me and others to keep track of them. And then I see there's a listing for the these therapy sessions that you mentioned. Uh, therapy sessions is a talk show about feelings that I host every Thursday night at the legendary Hungry Brain in Roscoe Village. Uh, can you speak a little bit about this uh, therapy sessions where I assume from what you've said you do fake therapy? Is that is that correct? Yeah, the premise is that it's a uh, it's sort of an intimate conversation between me. Uh, a fake therapist and his patients, I suppose, which are the guests of the talk show, but it mostly just adheres to normal sort of late night talk show format where there's guests and they come on for some light conversation and they plug their projects and there's musical performances and even commercials. And you say this is at the Hungry Brain on Thursdays? That's right. So Hungry Brain is uh, like a little jazz club on, on Belmont uh, in Roscoe Village and uh, the show therapy sessions is there every Thursday at 8.30. Well, it sounds potentially interesting. Maybe I'll come by someday. Well, you should. Yeah, I mean, you're coming this next week, I think. You've been to it before. Uh, remember? I'm not. For the sponsorship. Uh, are you are do we are you one of the many talk shows that we sponsor at Mr. Bourne Industries? Yeah, yeah. So. So you you know the the sponsorship segments where where you you know address the audience about your 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 company. Mm. Does this ring it a bell? Like I'm do, okay. I do a lot of this. <laughs> this is sort of a you know daily occurrence for me, and so I, I apologize no, if, if a, I've been on this 
show of yours, and and I've forgotten uh, having okay. been there. I understand. We're uh, all we're all very busy. You know, one thing though I did notice is that the the name of your show, the therapy sessions, is remarkably similar to the name of my show, the remedy get-togethers. And I'm wondering, okay. you know, maybe I don't know if you've got advance notice that this podcast was coming out. Uh, maybe when. You were booked as a guest here. You thought it might be like, oh, hey, you know, I kind of like this name. It would be a good fit for my show. I really see the comparison. I mean, I've been doing the therapy session since April of 2016. So uh, I don't know if I knew you then. It seems unlikely. It it seems more likely to me that it would be the other way around. Well, we'll, we'll, well, we'll we'll have to look into this uh, we don't have time to talk about this right now <laughs> okay i think uh well let's move on to this this last sort of introductory question so the faithful customers at home can get a sense of who you are before we get into the the nuts and bolts of what we're really here to talk about today uh so this last kind of introductory question is one i ask of all of my guests uh it's very important to sort of understand where they're positioned in the world and the quality of person that they are uh seth vanek how much more money have you made in the past 12 months than the previous 12 months you know i have accounting isn't a strong suit for me but I, I i i think that my income has remained fairly static as uh, not adjusted the last two for fiscal inflation. years well, I guess if uh, inflation is a factor, then I would imagine that it would my r- real income. I'm not an economist, but I, I guess my spending power has gone down, if anything, because I haven't received any bumps in uh, any raises in my income in the last two years that I know of. Well, I can predict already that we will be having a very interesting and for you very important conversation okay. uh, in the coming minutes. Okay. Now, uh, before the show started, we had a little bit of pre-show banter where we were talking about uh, how you had kind of ro- ro- rode to the studio here on the train and had seen people uh, shopping, but you weren't shopping, but that you intend to shop at some day uh, soon. Do you actually have sufficient, uh, is your financial situation such that you will be able to shop for holiday gifts yeah i think so i had a look at the bank account today and um you know i like to keep um my gifts uh modest you know i'm not i don't like to uh to be showy in terms of the amount that i spend on gifts but i like to be a thoughtful gift giver so i'm hoping that i'll find just the right gifts at just the right price for all of my loved ones um without breaking the bank, so to speak. (sighs) Okay. Well, let's get into the main part of the interview here. So uh, this being our first show and faithful customers might not be totally familiar with the way that we do things on the Remedy get-togethers. So what this show is all about is we have guests come on and discuss what ails them, what is troubling them in their lives, what have they attempted to do to fix it thus far, and then I tell them uh, what they're doing wrong and give them a remedy, prescribe them a remedy uh, at the end of the show. Now, I should note that we will not actually, you will not receive this remedy, this prescription of this remedy, uh, live while we're recording this. We will 
take this into our uh, collective brain trust and discuss what the best options will be for you and then record that at a later date. So you will hear the remedy once the podcast comes out. But for the sake of our listeners at home, what we would like to do is uh, once we get to the end of this interview session, we'll pretend as though you have received the remedy and you will applaud for it uh, as it will likely be something that you will deeply appreciate when it is finally delivered. Does this make sense to you? Well, all except for the part where, because it seems to me like there is a potential that the remedy won't be to my liking, and yet I'll be publicly on the record as as approving of it. What is there any recourse that I might have if that's the case? Like later, could I could I make a issue a statement about my disapproval of the remedy or i mean you have your own talk show apparently uh (laughs) you are welcome to use that as a platform for your own screeds against uh our kind of corporate thought leaders but uh i am i am fairly certain that you'll be deeply satisfied with the remedy. all right well i I think i will be too i just want to cover all my bases you know I i like to be careful Yes, that's fair. All right. Well, let's get into it. So okay. the first question all right. I ask all of my guests is, what ails you, Seth Vanek? What ails me? Well, I, I feel pretty good generally. Uh, I experience the same amount of stress, I think, as anyone else would. Uh, I guess my biggest challenge uh in terms of the talk show is finding inspiration now by the talk show you don't mean this talk show but the therapy sessions the talk show that you yeah allegedly have been promoting since april of 2016 which i am first hearing of today as far as i know but continue okay yeah it's a it's the one that we were talking about earlier that i do once a week at a bar called the hungry brain it's called the therapy sessions and uh part of the format um requires me to give a monologue each week uh we have a monthly theme that i try to address and so uh sometimes i can get stuck in a rut and i don't feel inspired enough to come up with something original and thoughtful to say each week so you're you in in a word your ailment is uh innovation or lack of maybe lack of innovation you put hyphens in between each of the words we can do it as one word lack of inspiration innovation Okay, I'll go with lack of innovation. Let's agree on that. So uh, with hyphens, maybe, with hyphens, yes, okay. yes, we can put that on a T-shirt. Maybe that's that one's you know for you for free. Feel free to make use of that for your. For In your order to wear adventure. a T-shirt with what ails me on the shirt. Yes, lack of innovation. Okay. I think your your audience might appreciate uh, oh, okay. your honesty there. So oh, I see. <laughs> so. Uh, you say that you have a theme of the month, and that is something that drives these monologues that you try to produce. Uh, what is the theme that you're currently working on that you're having difficulty uh, innovating around? Well, the theme this month is selfishness. Um, Seems appropriate. <laughs> Why do you say that? Uh, it's just a, an, an intuition that I have about. Uh, I have. I have tend to have very strong intuitions about my guests. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it comes from, uh, you know, I try to choose the themes to, to be something that um, it is something that I'm, you know, can say something about in regards to my own life, but then will also serve as a platform for the guests to talk about themselves and their work. So it was sparked a little bit by thinking about creativity and being an artist is, is having some inherently selfish roots to it that 
um, you know, to sort of pursue your own creativity in such a single-minded way as you would have to do to, to, you know, be an artist at a certain level, you're going to have to make a decision to be selfish at some point. So I, I expect that that's what we'll be talking about. Um, anything further than that, I don't have any really clear ideas of anything insightful to say. Now, do you think, do you think your audience will appreciate this uh, monologue or this conversation that you're, you're preparing? Well, I, I hope so. All I can do is, 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 uh, try to facilitate a conversation that is interesting to me and then hope that it is interesting to other people. Um, that, that plan might break down at sometimes I've noticed sometimes that what's interesting to me doesn't always, uh, engage the audience. Um, and I think I have learned how to sort of be a little bit more attuned to what, how the audience is responding. And occasionally I'll build in little, uh, interactive exercises where members of the audience can come and talk one-on-one -on -one with me. Um, and I find that that is helpful in terms of making there be something at stake for individuals in the audience and, and keeping everyone sort of on their toes and engaged in what's happening. So is your problem around the innovation of your own selfishness or the innovation of the selfishness of your audience? I suppose the problem is I don't have a great mechanism for uniting what makes me selfish and what makes them selfish. Although, because what makes me selfish is my own desire to just talk about my own feelings. And then secondary desire or sort of interest in facilitating a conversation about other people's feelings. So can you give an example of uh, where this selfishness of yours <laughs> in an attempt to innovate it through your show has gotten you in some trouble? Um, recently, I uh, went on tour with a, a, a rock band and, and the episode of, of the show immediately following my return from the the nearly month-long tour featured the my three bandmates um in conversation with me on stage and i think some of the reasons for setting up that episode were selfish in that it was easy i had access to the guests i knew that they would owe me a favor and would come on and um it turned out to be a situation where the guests and the hosts were having what felt like a fun, engaging conversation that left the audience completely out. Um, and, uh, and so that was a, that was a learning experience. So, so this damaged the therapy session slash Seth Vanek brand, which I assume to be united <laughs> as a you know, oh. single entity. Boy, that's an interesting question, BR. I, I'm not too, um, well-versed in the language of branding and marketing. um, but I do uh, mostly my way of marketing the, the show, the talk show therapy sessions is through my personal Facebook profile. So uh, I don't have any mechanism outside of my own uh, selfhood uh, for advertising the show. Well, I think there there is something lovely about that premise, uh, you know, of using, you know, combining your own personal social properties 
with your the brand of your occupation. Uh, one thing that's concerning to me, though, and uh, those faithful customers who are listening to this right now might not know this, but uh, your face is currently sporting a fairly robust uh, beard hmm. and mustache combined into one. It kind of <laughs> moves up along the side of your face directly into your uh, head hair hmm. as sort of one piece. And, and if I recall the branding image for the therapy sessions is a an image of your face however can you do you see where i'm going with this our editorial team has recommended we pause for a moment to make a clarification in the brand image of seth vanick's the therapy sessions a bespoke ink drawing of seth vanick's likeness is displayed but with a notable lack of facial hair hence br nicholson's consternation we may now return to the Remedy get-togethers with this important data in mind. Yeah, there is some dissonance there, isn't there? Yes. I hadn't thought about that. I, I wouldn't have noticed that, but you're right. That Do you think that might cause uh, confusion in my social properties? Is that the phrase you use? I don't know what that means exactly. So I think this is extremely likely to cause confusion amongst your audience. This okay. may be you know, uh, something that we have to talk about at a future date on this show. So you think I should shave the beard? Uh, this is not the time for remedies right now. And this I may see, not be I the see. ailment that we're discussing. Gotcha, but gotcha, gotcha, I gotcha. think it does have, uh, there, there's an adjacency uh, of this particular issue to the issue of your innovation of your own selfishness, which I am now deciding that it is likely your own selfishness that you are struggling to innovate. Uh, okay. As it seems the selfishness of, of others must, uh, your audience in particular, must stem from that. Uh, if I try to imagine what you do during your show, mm. uh, and bear with me, this is, I'm trying to construct <laughs> this in my mind, you but, are presenting uh, them with information. But you've been, you've been to the show before, like we, you invited me on this show at the la at, at an episode of Therapy Sessions. Uh, Was that someone else? No, that... It, it's okay. highly possible. Like I like <laughs> okay. I said, there are many talk shows that I am invited to. Okay. No, that's fair. Uh, some of them greater uh, than others. Some of okay. them lesser than others. Right. You know, some of them uh, really aspire to that greater glory uh, that the Vanek name <laughs> okay. implies that one All should right. aspire to. Right. But, uh, but but what I was saying is, I imagine on your show, you're kind of throwing, putting things out at the audience. You're initiating. You're engaging first. You are sort of the linchpin of this. The, the efficacy of this show, okay. um, you know, the audience are, is not going to produce the show for you. So the That's show fair. must stem from the innovation of your selfishness. Am I correct? Okay. Yeah, I'm with you so far. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So part two. Now, uh, we've identified the ailment is a sort of an inefficiency or lacking in the innovation of your own selfishness to produce your talk show, mm, okay. um, largely around as it leads to a certain kind of audience engagement that <laughs> okay. ultimately you know, leads to the profits that you need to bring in in order to survive in this world. Now, okay. knowing that this is the problem, uh, part two of this interview, what remedies have you attempted thus far to address this problem of the lack of innovation in your selfishness? Well, you know, I, I have to say, BR, I, you know, my my incentive for doing the show is not just to profit from it, but to kind of connect with people and to form social bonds and to, you know, have fun and things that aren't as easily quantifiable. I just wanted to Go on the record. So this is sort of that. a loss leading brand building exercise, more so than a, <laughs> you know, it's not revenue driven per yeah, se. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And in, in, insofar as my brand is nice nice guy. 
you know like i think that it it in some ways it is a very effective uh, branding exercise <laughs> yeah and so uh or but, not so effective but it, it attempts to be you know that but you know you you recalled incidences where you've struggled to have that quote unquote connection with your audience <laughs> i believe you said connection is a word that you probably said at some point okay recently. i'm not sure if i did uh, or not maybe not on this show but i'm sure you've said it recently okay. uh you know what have you tried to do when in those moments when seth vanick of the therapy sessions is uh, being a fake fake therapist on that couch there on the stage underneath the <laughs> bright lights that I'm assuming you know my, okay. you can afford lights. Yeah, for you're describing show. it really yeah. accurately. Yeah. I, I have a powerful imagination. That's okay. why I'm uh, you know CEO of the interim. It's CEO almost like company. you've been there before. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, a lot of shows. You know, all shows are kind of the same in a certain way, unless That's you're true. really innovating. But but <laughs> I digress. What I'm trying to ask here is in those moments when you're up on that stage and you're feeling the audience slipping away from you, you're feeling like yourself is not enough to suck them into that mm. sort of vortex, that vanic vortex. Okay. Uh, what do you try to do in those moments to bring the audience back in? That's a good question. I, I have developed a little bag of tricks, I suppose. Uh, one is just to try to keep the pacing of the show quick because I feel like people, uh, the show, attempts on some level to imitate a television talk show and those are highly produced and edited and um if you, that's the product you're used to you're used to something that has regular commercial breaks something that has really nicely tightly produced segments um what i'm attempting to do is have kind of free form conversations that dig and delve kind of deeply but i've learned that those people will not really um, attend to them unless you can also keep them fairly brisk or paced at, at, at a pace that if not replicates, at least approaches the, the pacing of a television show. So this answer that you've just given, maybe if an audience was trying to hear it, it may have gone on for too long as an answer. It may have started to lose their interest. <laughs> yeah, that's and very possible. <laughs> at this very moment, uh, unsubscribing from this podcast uh -huh. and choosing to never listen to it again. Will this podcast be edited after the fact, do you think? or is it, may need, it may need to be, oh, and we'll geez. leave it at that. Our editorial team has recommended we pause for a moment to make a clarification. As the sole owner-operators of this podcast, Mr. Bore Industries reserves the right to edit, redact, augment, distort, mute, amplify, flange, reverse, compress, noise reduce, equalize, overdub, underdub, subtitle, downsample, remix, and autotune any and all recorded segments of the Remedy Get-Togethers to further our strategic goals and to provide for our faithful customers the optimal listening experience. To all past, present, and future guests, please take note of this policy and refrain from questioning B.R. Nicholson in the midst of his life-altering interviews. We may now return to the Remedy get-togethers with this stern warning in mind. But, okay. uh, so what you're saying, though, is that a part of your uh, self-remedy for this problem of lack of innovation in selfishness is that you will try to uh, introduce more content more rapidly, cycle through yeah. content, churn it up, uh, see what comes out. Uh, in the wash, as they say. Yeah, maybe more pre-production, you know, maybe like a little more segment producing, like pre-interviews where I kind of know which which uh, things I want to hit in the interview so I can get as deep as possible with each guest and then get out faster. Like writing some things on some index cards, for instance. And well, yeah, I do having... have notes that I use usually, um, but sometimes they're pretty hastily put together. And a lot of times I'm only meeting the guest for the first time. 
during the interview. And so it's hard to ask. That's really what this feels like to me. Well, we, but we have met on several occasions. That may be so, but I'm just telling you what this feels like. You're saying it feels like we're strangers just meeting for the first time. I just feel like. I might try to take that as a compliment. You can take it however you'd like to take it, Seth Van. I don't know if that, that might be a stretch, but. Okay, well. What were uh, you talking about? Well, what I, I think the notes might help. Yeah. I, I don't know anymore. I really don't know. What are we talking about? Innovating selfishness? I'm, yeah, I'm, the I'm innovation of your selfishness in order to, <laughs> to quote unquote, connect with your audience. Oh, right. is something connect. that you struggle with on your talk show. Uh, yeah. You know, as a talk show ho- now, I don't want to give away free remedies. And not that you'll be charged later, though you may. The point of the show is that you give me a remedy for my, what not, not Not right now. Not well. you're in the room with me and I have see. a chance to... Right to try to extract more you'll get what you get in the end you know just be by patient. listening to this podcast by listening later. to the podcast okay. yes inviting all your friends now <laughs> I see. uh so i don't mean to provide remedies right now but I you see. know as a talk show host myself or a podcast host which in some ways is more difficult and honorable particularly because of the kind of uh, dissemination that we're able to uh inflict upon the world through the internet whereas you are located in a physical location and Uh, no more than a handful of people can come to you at any given time you know i have some ideas (laughs) i'm already getting some ideas of what you can do to connect with the audience uh beyond uh what you're able to do right now great i I would love to hear them i'm really i'm very interested in 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 feedback and constructive so, criticism uh, of all types. Have you used there's a software produced by Microsoft called PowerPoint? Interesting. Yeah. It I'm, tends to be well let me talk. It tends to be <laughs> extremely effective at captivating uh, any audience that you put an audience in front of a PowerPoint presentation and they are locked in hanging on every slide. Uh, every animation yeah. is like an exhilarating burst of adrenaline well, straight to their, uh, I believe it goes into the nervous system. Okay. Uh, have you tried using PowerPoint? Yeah, I have been using PowerPoint for about a year um, when I give my monologues at the show, at the ther- at therapy sessions. And I've noticed uh, you, you or your representative also use PowerPoint very effectively in your sponsorship segments. Um a little bit more flashy than than mine. I'm usually just showing some images to set a mood or to illustrate a point. Um, so that is one one aspect of the performance uh, that I think can help engage the audience. Um, although um, I, I would be interested in getting PowerPoint tips, like very specific ones from UBR, because you have very uh, well honed skills. I agree with you. And that may be something that we address uh, in the remedy that you receive. Now, uh, uh, you've used a lot of my time, so I would like to move on to the third part and final part of this interview, uh, which is uh, probably the question that will allow me to best diagnose the true nature of your problem and provide a remedy that is appropriate to it. And this question is, do you believe you will die? Yes. I'm fairly certain. In fact, I have as much certainty as one person could have about the fact that I will, in fact, die. And do you feel that this uh, belief that you will at some point not exist it has an impact on the way that you choose to live your life? Um, no, because it's not an it's it's not a piece of information that's been introduced at any point. It's always been a fact. 
So you believe that if you, for instance, were, and not that this has happened to myself or anyone whom I know, uh, if you were born and placed immediately into a large white chamber, uh, brilliant white light, delicious food, treadmills everywhere, uh, your only exposure to other people uh, are extremely healthy and profitable and successful, potentially executive types. Uh, Do you believe in that scenario, in this hypothetical situation that you would believe that you were going to diet someday? Well, that sounds like a very, I mean, I I only know that I'm going to die because people have told me it and I've seen evidence of, of people dying. So, I mean, I don't think of it as a belief so much as just a fact of existence. Well, have you died before? No, no, I haven't. So, um, I guess there is a possibility that I could not die, but it seems very unlikely. I mean, you, the kind a, of certainty that you're describing is uh, it's, it's speculation of a kind. Well, I guess so. I, I mean, it's possible that the sun won't come up tomorrow, right? Yes. But I think it will. I'm, like, I feel like I really should just assume that it will. And this is sort of how you live your life, kind of based on this assumption that these certain set of things are going to happen. Yeah. And furthermore, I think it would be very inconvenient to not live that way. To not live according to those assumptions, I think, would be very difficult. Are are you, do you disagree? So one of the core tenets of uh, investment-based capitalism is this principle of uh, perpetual growth. Perpetual growth is required to continue to exist within this system. And I personally believe that if you if you choose to believe that your your growth is limited or finite because you will die someday, then you are limiting your ability to have the most successful talk show that you can possibly have. Oh, I see. So if I'm setting a goal or an intention for my work, I should set it at a level of uh, infinite growth. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. I mean, it sounds very appealing when you put it like that. I mean, growth is obviously good. I'd like to connect with more people. But, um, you know, I, I do have limitations. You know, I only there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many people that can fit in the venue. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Would 10 people in your audience be enough for you? It's not ideal, but I would I, twenty be enough. I, I usually try to uh, have between twenty and forty people in the audience on a good night. Now, let's say one week you had forty people, yeah, and you were told in the following week, yeah, you could have fifty people, yeah. How many would you choose to have? I would choose fifty. Yeah, sounds great. And then the week after that, you were told you could have sixty people. Well, so I think there would be a certain point at which it would become uncomfortable, and for people to be in because there's only so many chairs in the bar and also i think it would be um hard to um there's a certain control you want to have over the audience and and more crowded there's like kind of a perfect um critical mass of people in a room before which chaos starts to, to trickle in i think now are you claiming that this is a human limitation or a limitation imposed upon you by the lack of innovation in your selfishness 
I guess you could. I guess you could. I mean, it's a physical limitation of of the of the room. I guess if I was more charismatic, I could keep a a, a crowded room engaged. So yeah, maybe it is a lack of innovation on my part. Also, if I started to use um, some kind of digital media to broadcast the show, then I could uh, grow the audience that way. So it seems you are are aware of some remedies that may uh, aid your ailment. But you choose not to pursue them. Yeah. Is it because because you believe you are going to die on some level, you are worried that putting yourself in front of people will only then later deprive them of the presence of you and your brand <laughs> at a future date? You are afraid of the damage you will inflict upon others. That's not, <laughs> No. I mean, I will admit to being selfish, but not that self-centered. I think I, 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 I'm pretty happy with, with having a pretty modest amount of um, influence. I, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, subscribe to your philosophy of endless growth, uh, I don't think. Seth Vanek, I think I have what I need to produce your remedy. Okay. We'll record this at a later date, but for the moment, uh, we will pause, and then I will give you a signal, and you will applaud as though you've been just given the remedy that will cure your ailment and allow you to live a life filled with exponential endless growth uh, that Mr. War Industries uh, has promoted for its entire existence through products like Term Life Assurance, an ingenious solution to the problem of finitude through the implosion of work-life balance. I'm, I'm you- familiar, yeah. And uh, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. And I really look forward to when you come back on therapy sessions as, as one of our commercial sponsors well i i'll we have to see i'll have to up. see if it's if uh you alluded to the fact i will be coming on the show i will have okay. to see if that is actually in the calendar okay uh, but well, if it is then then yes we may see each other again okay. so i would now, love that i think that would be great now pause a moment and i will okay. give you a signal to applaud okay it is now time for the mr Bohr industries remedy get togethers remedy for seth vanek headmaster of the therapy sessions in chicago illinois after having expertly diagnosed Seth Vanek with the ailment of lack of innovation of his own selfishness that undermines his ability to quote-unquote connect with his audience, I analyzed a robust portfolio of possible solutions before arriving at the one true remedy that, should Seth Vanek take as prescribed, will launch him from the desiccated tomb of therapeutic talk show mediocrity into the frictionless eternal void of omniscient authoritative talk show supremacy. Seth Vanek must change the entire premise of his show. Observing the therapy sessions in its current state, it is largely premised on listening to what the guests have to say about their talents and experiences while Seth Vanek gently coaxes conversation from them, ostensibly to expose their profound insights to the smattering of bar patrons at the Hungry Brain, Thursdays at 8.30 p.m., By ceding the core content of the discussion to guests, Seth Vanek reveals to his audience that he does not reign over his own show with a great glory befitting of his family name, but rather that Seth Vanek is willing to sacrifice the growth of his own brand to further the brands of others. By managing his professional affairs in such a submissive manner, Seth Vanek allows his audience to drift away to their drinks or their cell phones, forgoing the opportunity to demand their attention through bold enunciations of his certainty and his own righteous value proposition. Instead of centering his talk show around the feats and ambitions of his guests, 
Seth Vanek must instead turn his talk show in upon himself and proclaim the virtues of an endless life through a commitment to ceaseless economic expansion, using his talk show as a showcase for the potency of his brand power and captivating his audience in a Vanek vortex of envy and begrudging respect. Ultimately, Seth Vanek must establish for his audience that he himself is the product they need to ensure their own ascent, and that through their investment in his various projects and corporate advocacy initiatives, they may gain the ability to enjoy immortality through their personal work product. Therefore, the remedy to the ailment of lack of innovation of one's selfishness that undermines one's ability to connect with their audience is to avoid wasteful altruism and focus on viciously promoting one's personal brand, particularly when one's audience can observe one doing so at the expense of others who appear to willingly subject themselves to one's domineering actions. As for the very specific PowerPoint tips that Seth Vanek requested, though I am not in the business of over-prescribing remedies for human vessels that may barely be able to accommodate a single tincture, I will provide a generous service to my faithful customers and Seth Vanek alike in a strategic calculation that aims to increase MBI brand fealty by listing the three most important rules in producing a PowerPoint presentation worthy of the Mr. Bohr Industries boardroom. Number one, for every piece of content you introduce on a slide, utilize one of PowerPoint's professionally designed animations. This will both delight and astound your audience while also inducing reverent awe at the perceived mastery of your presentation design. Of particular note is PowerPoint's bounce animation, which defies customer expectations and the laws of physics by causing objects to accelerate as they move through the top of their arc and decelerate as they near the plane of the ground. Number two, do not spend time selecting the perfect images for your slides. Simply type the term for which you desire a visual representation into the Google.com search engine and trust that the first image result returned by Google, whose brand is valued at $101.8 billion as of May 2017, is the one that the market demands you insert into your PowerPoint presentation. And last, number three, make sure you end your presentation by playing back a sound file of an audience clapping at high volume. Your audience will be startled by the sound and unconsciously join in the applause, cementing in their mind and yours the tremendous success of your presentation and increasing the likelihood that you will never succumb to death. Wonderful. Oh, bravo. Congratulations, Seth Vanek, and good night. You have been listening to Mr. Bohr Industries' The Remedy Get-Togethers, sponsored by Term Life Assurance. I'm B.R. Nicholson, Interim CEO and Brand Champion of MBI, wishing you the best of luck in your ongoing patronage of this podcast. Come back next time for more world-moving remedies, and remember, death is like a checking account. It only grows if you feed it. Goodbye.